Hi, all my buddies, and welcome to Against the Predictions of Several Known Oracles and Wall Street, yet another episode of Semi-Automagic, Inc., your personal favorite brand of Dresden Files-flavored Fate Accelerated tabletop gameplay. Before we jump into um, yet another thrilling installment today, I, I received here in the studio, uh, just before we sat down to record, from a very shaky uh, bike courier, a mysteriously stained uh, envelope, which uh, just said to open the thing and play the thing and read the thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and read you this while I insert the tape. Dylan's face okay. is great right now. I wish you guys Tapes. could see it. The tape I'm is really inserted. Concerned. The note the note is this. I I am to say that this is directed at uh at Twitter Twitter follower. The underscore Enigma at Enigma88 on Twitter. And I'm just supposed to hit play. So, I mean, here we go. God fucking damn it. Hello, the Enigma. You've been unresponsive to our multiple phone calls, so this is just a friendly reminder. (sighs) That the marketplace is open. And we're a little worried about what all that fetal position has been doing to your spine. <sighs> Healthcare.gov. Okay. Yeah. I need an intern to vet these things. I'm yeah. sure that this is yeah. some, like... Yeah, Denmark Jake Cat on that. Yeah. Multi-layered meta joke or... It has some relevance to something that's gone on somewhere. I just just played the thing. We're sponsored by Obamacare. Like we really are. And or or Saint Skinner's Bar and Grill and Hospital. Healthcare.gov. Healthcare.gov. That's Obamacare's website. I mean, either way, we have the endorsement. So go Go get you some healthcare. You got two months worth of endorsement until. Obamacare's gone. Don't depress me. So either either get yourselves covered or the chirurgeons will find you, and that'll be bad for everybody. Okay, so previously on this uh, thing, um, <laughs> we some stuff happened. I mean, very- fuck you, I guess. We could all just leave. <laughs> no, I was, no, I love you all so much. Previously on this thing. Uh, we learned some stuff about some bad stuff happening in Ferry, and before that, some bad stuff happened at a bar and girl in hospital, and then Rowan took off into the yonder. So we are going to uh, pick up with that guy and see what's going on with everybody's favorite uh, bounty hunter changeling. So Rowan, when last we left you, you had uh, taken off in, in, in a weapons-grade huff from a meeting... <laughs> between uh, Solomon Byron and Dr. Tantara Bismarck and uh, the Reverend Stitch. Because uh, you got real mad. Because you, uh, you got a shape on your forehead and you didn't appreciate it, which is fair. We'd all be upset. Oh, I'm that's not why. I, no, no, no. I'm upset no. because because uh, Solomon has basically said I'm not right. working for that. Yeah, he had. And we don't know what he authority he may have to do that. What? Yeah. We don't know what authority he may or may not have to do that, but it was certainly powerful as a gesture. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you then um, made your way downtown, walking fast because you're pissed at Solomon. We're going to get sued. 
No, that's fair use. Is it? Let's no. hope so. Anyway. Um, no, parody, well, okay. Parodies are protected. It's, yes. it's, it's not a parody because you didn't change any of the lyrics. Uh, it's fair use because we're not making profit from this yet. There we go. Yes. Okay, well, let's, let's get sued in the future. Anyway, knocked upon a door and were admitted entrance <laughs> by an unseen party. We're off to a great start. By an unseen party. Pig climbing my boobs. Which guinea pig is it? It's Chowder the Fat One. Hello, Chowder the Fat One. Welcome to our show. Um, we'll have to get insurance to cover what you say on the air. In the meantime, like Frank on the Mark and Brian show of old, we'll just have to give you a tiny bike horn to honk when you need to reply. <laughs> so, well, Snickers is the asshole. He's the one we have to worry about. Okay, he's the one that will get the FCC on us. Got it. All right, so Rowan, you yes. are admitted entrance. Hi. You are admitted entrance into a lush plush foyer and uh in this foyer is a dapperly dressed manservant guiding you in uh he is familiar to you and he is standing next to a sign that says non-members will be denied admission unless we can't figure out if they're members or not that's not my responsibility i'm just a sign not a cop the manservant turns to you and says, I believe it's been uh, some time since you've uh, attended, sir? Yeah. All right. Well, you'll find that policy is uh, much the same. Stray out of the mainstream, and you should be fine. The waters in the center grow cold and deep, and finding fresh new rivulets and... uh, and offshoot streams is, of course, the lifeblood of the organization. What? Give me your hand, sir. I give him my hand. He stamps it uh, with a little stamper, and on your hand when it comes away is a little stamp in the shape of, it honestly it looks like two uh, teal days right up against each other. Like, uh-huh. you know, a little curl and then a little other curl cue, except yeah. it goes in the opposite direction, so it's kind of reverse symmetrical. Uh-huh. And he says, uh, uh, right through the curtains, or I believe you'll find what you're looking for. Okay, like go through the curtains. Outstanding. You find, you remember that Simpsons episode where Homer got admitted to the executive washroom? Yes. Yeah, it's not unlike that. Fountains flow and birds flit through the air. Crowds of strangely dressed people pose themselves what appears to be very carefully talking about apparently not much at all. You see strange hairstyles and strange means of conveyance. There are a couple of people riding what appear to be unicycles or old-timey bicycles with a giant front wheel, but riding them in, like, Tony Hawk half-pipes. And there are vents in every corner expelling a thick mist that at first... Uh, Go ahead. Casey, uh, so I would like to also make a Simpsons reference. Uh, This is, like, the episode... Based on the prisoner. Not uh, unlike that, show. yes. And Rowan oh. is a free man. We know this. Yeah. He is not a number. 
Yeah. And uh, and a thick uh, wafting smoke envelops the room. At first, you panic because by now, of course, your instincts have taught you to be wary of such things. Mm-hmm. But a moment's reflection reveals it only to be the highest quality vape smoke, smelling yeah. of God. smelling of rich frankenberry and the rarest uh, free range sandals. <laughs> <laughs> You are greeted by a tiny, tiny man uh, wearing a Fred Kennedy's t-shirt. He approaches you and says, It has been some time, Rowan. Yes, it has. I imagine you're here to see the man himself. Yes, I am. I imagine you come here with a purpose. Absolutely. And I would encourage you to mind your place and remember... In whose home you walk. I know. He turns around. He turns around and guides you toward a, it's a giant curtain. And it looks, it's kind of rough hewn. It looks kind of crappy, honestly. Mm -hmm. But uh, you wrangle up to it. And uh, the little man, he turns and does kind of a whoop whoop motion. And you see in the corner that there was a quartet, except um, all of them have uh, melodicas and zithers and auto harps and just the most ridiculous instruments you've ever heard of. And they strike up a little fanfare. And the little man turns to the audience and he says, And now the moment you've all been waiting for. The man upon whose ahead of its time hospitality you now rely. The one, the only, Whipplethorpe Ngutu Clementine Van Occubanther. The hipster king of Landbortlandia. <laughs> and the oh boy. The reclaimed Vietnamese Fiona wishes she was there so badly. She feels a stirring in her soul. <laughs> it's, it's the it's the much as much as Rowan the... felt when Fiona declared herself queen of the Spring Court. Yeah. <laughs> Something's happening in I her rightful domain. And she just looks up. Exactly. The uh, reclaimed Vietnamese bamboo burlap curtains draw oh. gently aside, and you see a man reclining upon a throne that would appear to be constructed entirely from two-liter bottles of weird, out-of-date Mexican knockoff sodas. (laughs) Like, there's a bottle of tub that you think might be tab, but you can't ask because that's showing your hand. Then they'd know. And there's a bottle of Sprout. Okay, okay, but I have to ask, like... Tab doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> like, is Tab is Tony, 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 I'm going to need to stop you right here. Tab is still very real. Yeah, Tab's still like, remarketed as a uh, drink for women. Yes. My, my aunt in Indiana still lives, and from this fact, we may draw the conclusion that Tab still exists. The man upon the throne... He's relying, reclining on it, kind of like a jackass. He's not sitting on it quite right. He's a little sideways. He's got one of his booted heels up on one of the armrests. And uh, his mustache almost defies description. It curls in, in the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of, handlebar style. 
except it keeps going multiple curls up behind his head, forming a halo behind him, as if in a painting by one of the Renaissance masters. And a crown sits upon his brow, made out of pabst cans. He, uh, he leans forward, his, uh, his horn-rimmed shades sunk upon his nose. Not even tortoiseshell? God, this guy's the worst. Exactly. Rowan, it has been too long. Welcome back to my court. Welcome home. He stands up. He stands up and wrangles his way down to you. I'm sorry I interrupted you. That's because I was speaking before you were speaking. It's good to see you again, sir. What brings you back home? Have you finally decided that you've had enough of the world outside? That you wanted to come back here where the small batch microbrew flows like wine and the wine flows like water and the water flows like water from a hose that you buy from a small child because it's so authentic. I'm not here to come back. I told you I'm done with that life. Mm, Your words say no, but your beard says maybe. <laughs> My beard says a lot of things. Oh, don't I know it? I read your beard's blog. <laughs> what can I do for you today, Rowan, if you have not come back to make me the happiest king on earth? I need a favor. Oh, of course you do. Capitalism, adorable. That's so fe- seven femtoseconds ago. <laughs> favor for favor. What is it you require? Name it, and it is yours. <laughs> I need a gallon of third eye. <laughs> third eye! I get it! <laughs> oh, adorable. Rowan, you know that having your third eye forcibly yanked open is so last season. I've got this new drug that you might want to give a chance. What is it? It's air that Liam Neeson breathed once. Nope, I'm good. Okay, how about this? I've got this powder that doesn't do anything. It costs $9,000 per granule. No. It's made by orphaned pandas. Okay, listen, I'm here for one specific thing. All right. If you don't have it, then... You know, oh, I didn't say I didn't have it. I didn't say I didn't have it. I had it before you knew you wanted it. And now I have it and you want it. And I would be willing to negotiate a trade, but you must provide something I want. I think I know what you want. What do you? What is it that you think I want? Control. I knew before you did. Control. Control is such a fleeting feeling. If no one is surprising me with new things, how can I claim not to be interested in them? Control of me. Oh, Rowan, if I were in control of you, there would hardly be any fun left to be had. You would be like one of my many vintage marionettes made from the reclaimed wooden beam of the Marie Celeste. I'm I'm offering you the ability to have the most renowned bounty hunter in mm. the state at mm. your beck and call. A champion. A hipster knight. 
spreading our sword among all the uncultured swine, wondering just how long Dylan can hold that middle finger up before the tendons snap. Seriously, folks, it's been a good four minutes now. Keep going. Hmm. It's not coming down until this fucker's out of my life. Your idea intrigues me, Rowan. But of course, no thing of value comes without effort. We must have, I think, a challenge. Oh, seriously? Mm Mm-hmm. I will name one, and you will name one. And then after, we will see about our bargain. As the guest of my humble court... Seriously, I I can't imagine... I can't believe you even made it here. I doubt you'd ever even heard of it, but here we are. You have the right of first choice. Name your challenge, and I, or one of my seconds, will best you. Uh... Fuck. Sharpshooting? (laughs) <laughs> shooting with guns oh i get it i get it all right very good you there and uh off in the corner a man dressed uh not that anyone noticed not that anyone got it but a man dressed to the thread exactly like the cowboy in the original uh terror at twenty thousand feet episode of the twilight zone uh, turns around, setting down his small batch Sumatran hatred tea, and uh, clangles his way over. Says, "Yes, my leech. I need you to outshoot this man if you think you can." <laughs> I get it. All right. What am I? What am I shooting at? We'll uh, we'll 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 set up some targets. He claps again, and uh, and a row of flunkies. Uh, sidle into view and set up a bunch of targets, not unlike the Gerudo target range in Ocarina of Time, except instead of targets, they're all uh, your parents' favorite records that they would play all the time. You know, top 40 stuff, popular stuff that you hear every day on the radio, really boring, blasé stuff. Uh, Small break, folks. That finger is still up. Dylan's still going. (laughs) I'm impressed. You getting sore over there, buddy? Nah, I uh my chair has like adjustable armrests, so it's yeah. just I'm golden over here. Fair enough. All right. So uh so there are three targets set up. There's a Beatles record, a Pat Benatar record, and oh, I think we'll do the soundtrack to Titanic as well. And the king says if you can outshoot my second in destroying these meaningless symbols of oppressive corporate musical cultures, then we can proceed with the challenge. And of course, as the guest, you have the right of first shot. Okay. So, um, I take out my gun. All right. Uh, Natasha. Natasha. She's a pretty girl. She's She's a shiny toy gun. She's my taddies. Uh, okay, um, and then, uh, I'm just gonna do this carefully. Okay, go for it. Fancy, just, uh, carefully. What record are you aiming for? Um, the Titanic soundtrack, because Celine Dion, so, uh, 2000, I mean, 1997. Uh, Whipplethorpe, Ngutu, Clementine, Van Occupanther leans in and says, I knew you would make that choice. Yeah. That's why you picked it. 
I knew it before you did. Go ahead. I rolled a two. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's well, let's see. I guess the record gets a try. <laughs> Go. Oh wow, the record does really poorly. Yeah, absolutely. Um. While Celine's heart may go on, and God bless her, I hope it does. Uh, the record will not because Natasha's hot lead flies straight and true, and that platter, uh, limited edition reissue on uh Celine purple vinyl. She actually had the color created and copyrighted just for her. Uh, is shattered into a million fragments, each of which is smaller than the heart of the ocean, but much, much larger than um the prophet from Titanic. That didn't make as much sense as I hoped it would at the end. I was kind of counting on that self to 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 kind of uh, that to tie itself up. Didn't work. Anyway, uh, so very good. And then it is uh, the cowboy's turn. He's gonna wrangle up, and he says, "Now I never actually learned how to use this gun because who needs to know things? Ugh, knowing things. But I'll give it a shot. See what I did there? That was a pune or play on words. You've probably never heard of it." All right, that is a negative one for the cowboy. So, uh, he, he draws, attempting a fancy, you know, foodle foosh foosh, uh, draw. <laughs> like you learn in cowboy school, as we saw in the film Looper, uh, and manages to let go of his gun just entirely in the process of drawing. And it flies over the target range and lands splat in a platter of uh, organic fair trade uh, faux furky, which is, of course, for the tofu intolerant. Um, and the faux furky actually tastes considerably better now. So everyone hates it. Good job. You ruined their lunch. All right. There's one more record. If you don't make this, and my man does, ooh, what a terrible, unexpected thing will happen. I feel like Dave Eggers is just waiting to write a short story about it for McSweeney's. Wait a minute. Shoot him in his face. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really? Yeah. I'm not going to. Thony, Thony, are you making an attempt on the life of Whipplethorpe... Ngutu, Clementine Van Occupanther, hipster king of Landport Landia. No, no. It's too, it's like, whatever is happening is way too important for me to to have any sort of, like, anger issues. Alright. Some other time. Yeah. Uh, I I shoot the next one. Alright, give it a try, give it a shoot. Yep. Uh, two. Okay, um... I'm actually going to compel an aspect against you here. Uh, I'm going to say that my freedom isn't free is giving you a lot of trouble here because a lot of your values are down home American values that your father fought and died so that you could enjoy, you know, good stuff like enjoying the Beatles and having to destroy one of these beautiful records is 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 just really grinding some part of your gears, especially for these gawking, fake eyeglass wearing, tight t shirt wearing, whatever they are. I don't I don't know though because like my freedom isn't free does isn't really based on like America. It's oh, okay. it's it's just the fact that uh, my father died helping me escape from tyrannical 
communist Russia. Uh, like a king? The fascist dictator. Mm. You know I mean, who's got you know who's got really great style? Fascists. Uh so like the the thing is what's happening right now mm-hmm. and I don't have to use like I'd get a fate point if I if I were to take the compel, right? Correct, which Not, would uh, which would give you a minus 2 on the roll. Right. So, um I don't know. I feel like like as of now Rowan is putting everything else aside any like notions of anything because the fate of the world is 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 at stake and i could even argue that that uh my freedom isn't free would would uh serve to further that purpose because my father did not die uh for my uh for my 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 planet to disappear Tony, I'm so proud of you. You took my little plan and you turned it on itself. Absolutely. Uh, you get a fate point for that, my dude. No, no question in my mind. Awesome. And as the, uh, and as the, as, 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 uh, Whipplethorpe Ngutu Clementine Van Occupanther leans in and says, just come home, Rowan. You know you want to. Where the beaches are shored with free range antibiotic free quinoa. I look at him and I say, you have no idea where my home is. And I'm staring at him the entire time. Right. And I shoot my gun at the target. Outstanding. So I'm looking, I'm looking at him. While I say that, I shoot the gun at the, at the, uh, at the record. Too, too cool for absolutely everything. Yeah. Natasha, once again, just spits her hot lead like a champ. And. Because you weren't looking, it was still pretty accurate, but it just hits the edge of the record and causes it to go flying, where it severs no fewer than 17 white people's dreadlocks. <laughs> now, is that, what's up? Is, is that dreadlocks belonged to, uh, belonging to 17 separate white people, or is that... 17 dreadlocks that belong to white people. Why do you have to pen people in like that? Why do you gotta make people decide and qualify what makes one person or 17 people? Oh, two fingers now! The double deuce! (laughs) (laughs) I don't like the person you become in hipster land. (laughs) Is there any way to uh, just block Dylan so I only see you right now, Casey? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. All right. Um, casual, deeply sarcastic applause erupts <laughs> from <laughs> from the sitting audience. Um, a man typing on an old-fashioned uh, typewriter holds up his old-fashioned ear horn to listens and, and scoffs the two separate monocles in each of his eyes <laughs> clenched with effort. Uh, the king comes up to you and says, very well, you've passed my first challenge. The second challenge, I think you might find a little more obscure. And uh, he gestures to a stage. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Would that I had a third. Let the record show Dylan is now attempting to flip me off with his middle toes effort. Well appreciated. 
The, what, are you, what are you doing? He's flipping me off with a pen in his mouth. That's fair. I can't say I'm not impressed. Uh, the king gestures to a, uh, a stage uh, to the left of this makeshift arena. And behind the stage, you hear music begin to play. It says, And now, Rowan, one of the great tests of our people, you need to tell me what obscure musical act is playing? Um, am I connected to my speakeasy? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I'm going to phone a friend. Phone a friend. He's not going to know because it's it's all telepathic. But uh, right. I'm I'm going to allow Jackie to hear this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Uh, Fiona, I guess like. Sometime during your travels in ferry with uh with Pierogi Dalai Lama, your uh your speakeasy lights up and uh Rowan is thinking some thoughts at you. Okay. Go ahead. So like I know this is weird, but there's a song playing right now. Uh I know it, nobody knows what the band is, but I know that you know what the band is because nobody else knows it. So I need you to tell me what this is, because it's very, very important. Okay, sure. Let okay. me hear it. I kind of, like, just move my chin, so... Okay. Or open right, my mouth, Fiona. whatever it takes to Open your, music. like, stitch. <laughs> open your mouth. Aww! Yeah. To have it go through my brain. Or, okay, like, I'm, I'm... I'm... Or even, like, I'm hearing the lyrics and thinking those lyrics oh. as... as uh, it's being played. However you want to do this. Right, yeah, and it's it's some combination of all of that sensory input. You guys, I'm really enjoying the world we're putting together here, but I cannot allow it to pass without comment that Dylan just managed to unscrew the lid of a bottle of water using only his extended birds and take a rather dainty sip. Good job, Dylan. You're going to feel that in the morning, my dude. I Probably, but it's worth it's it. Is it worth it? Yes. <laughs> All right. Or are you really just rebelling against what has become mainstream culture? Are you not trying to out-hip the hipsters, Dylan? No, you're not taking the bait? Okay. Anyway, yes, uh, Fiona, through uh, Rowan's brain face uh, comes a tune, and you do recognize it. But I'm going to need you to roll me a clever to see if you can name it. All right, I'm going to use I liked it before I was cool. That's oh! plus two to clever. <laughs> Do it. Roll for me, babe. Yeah. Uh, that's so what's your clever? Okay, uh, well, there's there, three. Well, while they're doing that, Dylan has now grasped a pen in each of his grippers, serving as a surrogate finger, causing his extended bird fingers to become the reverse victory Vs, meaning that he's flipping me off even if we were in England. Yeah, like, I, I saw that. I was going to say the same thing. So not yeah. only is he flipping you off two times, he's yeah. flipping you off, uh, because... He has a bird Yeah, no, because I, I would even consider that each of these things he's holding in his middle hand count as another middle finger. So yeah, he is flipping you off four times, and he is flipping you off two other times. Yep. Six, a- six... T- that's that is Kate, like that is the most impressive thing I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life. throughout the UK. That's, I'm a fucking pioneer. You really are, guy. Okay, uh, Jackie rolled five. Okay, yeah. Um, 
it was it was a really close call between the pre-translation Italian. No, I know what old... I want to call it. I know what I want to call it. Okay, all right. Well, we'll we'll get there. We got to get through what it wasn't first. Okay. It was a close call between the pre-translation international only EP of Premiata Forneria Marconi's Photos of Ghosts and the Silvermount Zion Choir and Tra La La Band's original unrecorded record, but you recognize it finally as Strawman and the Freudians, their hit single. I want to fuck my mother. Yep. <laughs> With an instrumental the- break comprised entirely of vintage pots and pans being hit together in the wind on a clothesline. Everyone- while, while, while there is a back layer of, of someone reading the dictionary. Alan Rickman reading the dictionary. From beyond the grave. Yes, that's how hipster it is. The room absolutely erupts into the most raucous, outrageous, uncontrolled clapping by not clapping. Clapping implied by the absence of clapping. A meta-commentary on the concept of applause and validation for one's actions coming from sources outside oneself. And Fiona screams, Just snap your fingers, you fucking hipsters! Dylan is now using one of his birds uh, to scrape vigorously <laughs> along the underside of his jaw. So Which now, is okay, okay. Fuck you. It is in both Italy and American Sign Language. <laughs> I'm. Wait, we're getting multicultural over here. We really are. You know, I've been looking for a long time a way to bring ASL into this podcast, Dylan, and I don't know that this was the one I would have chosen, but by God, it's the one I've got, and I'm going to yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, anyway. I signed to gorillas. You did. You absolutely did. I'm sorry. That was a long friggin' time ago. <laughs> that was like episode four did. or five. It was. You guys were in my house when that happened. Back when, <laughs> back when Harambe still lived. Oh, God. It all started with that fucking gorilla. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, anyway. Yes. Uh, the king looks as though he has taken a physical blow to his uh, ironic beer belly. Uh, Let the record show that Dylan has taken a small break from being mad at me. Birds still extended, but uh, to giggle slightly at the cat on the bed behind me. There was was a Jasper cat who uh, was just a white streak as he went off the bed, and this other cat, which I think is Denmark, is it? No, that is that is that is in fact Reese who is called Moose. Okay, that is Reese who is called Moose, and he just looked so concerned. Yeah, Moose Munch gets upset real easy. It's a good trait in a kitten. Anyway, uh, the king looks as though he has taken a physical blow to himself, and he says he turns to the band and he says, "You have failed me for the first and only time." And he uh claps his hands once more and they are instantly beset by waiters uh, force feeding them sandwiches full of gluten and bleached flour, processed sugar, GMOs 
beef that was raised with no consideration as to how the beef felt about the process. The beef didn't sign any waivers. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast did not sign off on this. He uh, he draws you forward toward his throne and says, All right, Rowan, that's two out of two. But I think you know as well as I do that there is a final hidden challenge. There always is. Your beard must defeat mine. And from within his shaven jaw, this tidal wave of salt and pepper silk erupts like a black and white lava flow, pouring like a sheet of gossamer steel cable string band uh, to a ridiculous length halfway down his chest. Gorgeous, overflowing with the smells of rare booberry and uh, and free range um, uh, pop tarts. Uh, he says, "I know you have never beaten me in a fair battle of the beards, but now you have weakened me. Even here, where my power is strongest, I think." This might be the time you take it. This is your chance. Do you have the strength of will? Or will so, you just, nah, not be about it? What's up, Dylan? Do these two just, like, rub their beards together, and whichever one Velcros off the other beard first I have, wins? I have no idea, because my beard has never actually done anything on its own. Oh, your beard has stats. My beard has, Do I have my beard's stats? <laughs> Your beard has stats. Your beard has aspects. All right, because that's 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 the bronze rule in Fate. Everything counts as a player. So yes, your beard has aspects. Uh, sandalwood scented mark of a man. Other things that are presumably not alliterative. I don't know. Such thing is too much alliteration. Okay, so Casey, I'm I'm a little confused about what's happening right now. Good. Um, no, like like as a player, I. Am I, am I, do I have to defeat him to become his knights? Or am I defeating him to get the three eye without becoming his knights? I believe that in defeating him, you will receive a boon. And I think an offer of knighthood as well. Okay. Uh, if anybody's beard can do it, buddy. You think back to episode like two. When you were walking down the streets of Landportlandia and Salvador Sanchez or whatever his name was threw you a bottle of the special mixture he makes just for you. When he wonders when you're coming in to get your hair cut. You think of all okay. the good times you've had with your beard when you barfed in it after you took too much three eye. When you wove your speakeasy charm in there. All the things you and your beard have been through together. All the very special memories. All the combings. All the beard waxings, all the oil infusions. It's been preparing for this moment, Rowan. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Roll me a flashy. What is my beard's stats, though? Your beard gets a... It gets a big flashy. A big flashy? What, what's the, like... What's Your beard the gets a plus three to flashy. Okay. One. All right. 
And now, let's see. Whipplethorpe, Gutu, Clementine, Van Occupanther's beard gets a roll. He lunges toward you, his beard reaching out like the tendrils of mighty Cthulhu. It grasps your face fuzz, and the two enter pitched combat. Yanking back and forth, vying for superiority, the neutral ground between them disappearing. For a moment all seems lost, Rowan. For a moment it seems as though his beard will encroach upon your rightfully grown face and conquer all that you know. Until the memories of every brushing, the memory of the last time you shaved, the time when you pet your beard reassuringly and said, No more, old friend. You're here to stay. Come rushing through. Your follicles are filled with a shining white light, and power shoots forth from the burly bramble upon your lower brow, blasting the hipster king of Landportlandia back against his throne, which he purchased on Etsy from a very hard-working mom somewhere in Minnesota who just wants to pursue her dream of painting tiny but realistic, tasteful nudes of famous ostriches. The crowd is silent. The king rises from his throne, face downcast. He raises his eyes to survey his court. And a series of unbelievably unironic gasps ripples through the crowd. Not unlike Ripple, which, you know, it's actually, it's the wine of the people. So you should really give it a chance. It's much better than that high-class hoity-toity stuff. It's real people's wine. The hipster king of Landportlandia surveys his kingdom with a face completely shorn of hair. You have... Bested me, Rowan. Yours is the beard. Yours is the glory. Take your three eye and go. And the uh, the little man comes out lugging a um an unseemly gallon jug, uh, made of a very unpleasant looking ceramic. He places it down at your feet and says, "Have fun having your mind expanded." I guess. <laughs> the king comes down. And he says, Now, Rowan, you must promise me that you won't try to burn through all that in a weekend again. I remember Acapulco. I'd be surprised if you remembered Acapulco exists, but I remember. Oh, this is going to be gone by the end of the night. <laughs> oh, I see you run in faster circles than you used to. Well, Rowan, have you given any thought? To becoming my hipster knight. There, there lies much power behind the throne. Most people don't know about it. I, I, uh, well, my hair is perfectly done, so is that mark still on my forehead? Uh, yes, he does not appear able to see it. Can I, is there any way to get him to see it? Um, I'm gonna say yes. If you do, like, a small zap of fairy energy up through your frame, that it'll yeah. kind of react off that. Okay. You do so, and the uh, the glowing blue uh, Libra brand on your forehead shines forth. And he's like, that is a really bitchin' UV tattoo, Rowan. <laughs> Can you get rid of this for me? Hmm. <gasps> Fell magics. Hmm. Hmm. I say they're magic men. 
attend to me. And a uh, a man wearing the most stereotypical, like, Merlin's robes just comes out. And he says... He's just dressed up like Yen Sid. Exactly. He is. Yeah, he looks exactly like Yen Sid. Oh, I'd, uh, I'd also comes... like to point out, I, I really need to say this now, that... What's up? What's what's the king's name? The king's name is Whipplethorpe Ngutu Clementine Van Occupanther. Okay, he is definitely played by Jason Schwartzman. So mote it be. Three, two, one, canon. Anyway, uh, this Yen Sid looking motherfucker uh, comes out, and he's got a beard so long and flowing that it's actually being carried by several attendants who are in the process of brushing it for him, not unlike a bridal train. He approaches, as, yes, my lord. Could you see about removing this pesky brand from our friend's forehead? The man uh, reaches into his uh, sleeve and pulls out uh, a large lens in a gilded frame that is uh, inscribed with runes and astrological sigilia, and he... He runs it over Rowan, and every time it passes near the rune on his forehead, the astrological sign of Libra, it makes a little a little wheedly-wee sound. And he does this a few times. Wheelie-wee. Wheelie-wee. My liege, it would appear this man has a case of the wheelie-wees. Yes, I know, I know, I know, court magic man. Can you take it away? I can certainly try. He... Claps his hands together, does a little rubby-dubby. He shakes his groove thing, yeah, yeah, and then slams the heel of his palm directly into Rowan's forehead. But oddly enough, Rowan, you feel no physical blow. You instead feel a spiritual attack, during which the energies contained within this luminous glyph uh, interplay with whatever strange magics this guy runs on. It's a flavor you're unfamiliar with. Something about arithmancy and math magic. This man might have come from math magic land, for all you know. And what's up, Dylan? He uses a kind of math that Rowan has never heard of. Yep, that's it. That's it. He uses imaginary numbers. Yep, numerologica obscura. And there is an enormous power backlash. And Rowan, it feels like you're the channel for something much greater than yourself as an enormous wash of energy slams itself against the man's hand, and he is blown bodily back about ten feet. He lands in a crumpled heap, tangled in his own bed. Uh, not bed, what do you call it? Uh, beard, rather. Like, that was most of the letters in beard. Uh, <laughs> tangled in his own beard. Like a, like a, like a hirsute cocoon. And he lies there and moves no more. The, uh, the now boyish looking hipster king of Land Portlandia says, well, I guess he wasn't able to take care of that. Sorry. It's just, you know, doing things after you say you're going to try to do them. It's just so predictable. So I think it worked out this way. I think you could still become my knight. I wouldn't make you sign a non-compete. Thing is, I don't want to be attached to this. Mm. I'd be willing to be your knight, but meant I don't have to do this, or I don't have to be this, or whatever this is anymore. If we took that brand off of your forehead? I will pledge my servitude to you. Mm. Let us see what we can do. 
he uh, leads you into a chamber behind his throne. Uh, unlike the rest of the opulent palace, it is actually very plainly and sincerely adorned. Um, there is furniture of a shabby and she- secondhand nature, but, like, honestly, it's just comfortable. It's not like, you know, I scavenged this from a dump. It's great. But, like, it's genuinely just a comfy, squishy couch and stuff like that. But he leads you up to a an altar upon which are laid any number of magical impedimenta. And for those of you wondering at home, Dylan is still holding up that quadruple deuce. I don't want to be responsible for that medical bill, son. Reverend Stitch going to come after you. He leads you up to this altar upon which are, may, are laid any number of magical impedimenta. And you see uh, books and uh, little magical devices and things. And he, he takes off his crown and places it gently upon a mannequin's noggin. And he says, ah, that's better. Now we may speak as equals. I am no longer speaking for an entire mass of people. Too cool for words. It troubles me, Rowan, this symbol upon your forehead, because I believe I have met, if not the power it represents, then perhaps its opposite number. He um, turns around to the altar and picks up a very thick book, leafing through it, and he says, If my sources are correct... And I have no natural skill in magic. I have had to seek all of this out. So I don't know how correct these sources might be. But if my sources are correct, then that brand, that Libra symbol, has put you in the crosshairs of an organization that seeks to maintain balance and equilibrium. Does that make sense to you? Did you upset some cosmic scale? I took money that belonged to me. And I shot a giant spider lady in the fucking face. Oh, oh, you crossed a bookie? Bookie oh. did play fair. You're a very brave man, Rowan. Well, every organization has its counterpart. And to the best of my research's ability to discern, the opposite number of the Libra is an organization called the Ares. And... Astrology joke. Astrology joke. And while the Libra are focused on balance and order and everything staying in a nice, neat little mechanical line, the Libra, the uh, Aries rather, are focused on freedom and creativity and change and taking advantage of the vast amounts of energy that are released when large scale changes occur. I've learned a little bit of chaos magic, Rowan. And I, if you should like, would be willing to apply it against that brand on your forehead. And he, uh, he summons his will just a little bit. And he's, like, like, you're a magic man. So you can kind of tell by his gait that he's not inherently a magic man. Every living thing is connected as we all know, to whatever you want to call it, the life stream, the force. And so every living thing does have the potential for some magical capability. And he has taken... What's up? It's like Butters in... Exactly. uh, Like Butters in... uh, Was was that Skin Game? No, it was... uh, Shit, the the necromancy one. 
Oh, uh, Deadbeat. Yeah. 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 Um, so he has taken what little ability, what little capacity he has and honed it as best he is able. And you see upon his forehead a glowing red glyph that you recognize as the astrological symbol for Ares. Uh-huh. I do not believe that our connection to these agencies makes us enemies, Rowan. Indeed, I believe that it makes our lives a good deal more interesting and represents the potential for more change and innovation that I am quite eager to take advantage of. So, though I cannot say with any certainty what would happen to you, I would be more than willing to try and excise that hideous mark from your brow. And if you do it, then I have to work for you, right? (sighs) Have to work... I like to think of it as you exercising your free will in the best interests of us, the hipsters, your people, your kind, your kin. Don't talk to me about kin. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, have I triggered you? I'm sorry. I am so sorry. This is supposed to be a safe space. Let's just do it. All right. The uh, the king, the hipster king of Landportlandia, prepares uh, an elaborate ritual circle it appears to take him some mental effort though the listener will note nowhere near the absolutely incredible stamina required to keep both middle fingers up for we're at an hour and six minutes yeah he's still going this is he's he's going for it record breaking let's can can we get a google search going see what yeah let's uh, Let's get yeah, like Guinness or Strongbad or somebody in here. World's longest longest bad. simultaneously sustained double deuce. It's incredible. Anyway, uh the king draws a large circle and does a bunch of stuff, and in the circle he draws two smaller circles with a couple of channels between them and some diagrams and arrays. And he says, Alright, Rowan, step into your circle. Wait, say that again. Sorry, I'm looking up. No, not at all. (laughs) He says, all right, Rowan, step into your circle. I step into the circle. He steps into his. He begins chanting in a low, guttural, rhythmic tongue that seems to have no pattern to it, no natural cadence or rhythm. It is the linguistic version of how one must walk upon the sands of Arrakis to avoid awaking Shai Hulud, the worm who is God and all of his slithering kin. Uh, It is chaos made sound. And as he does so, the tension builds in the circle, growing almost unbearable. A breaking point is in sight, sweat pouring down the hipster king's face. He chants a final, high, keening word. And the next thing Pierogi Dalai Lama and P.F. Chang know, Rowan is walking back into the Westfield Carter Hotel, his face a little flushed, his beard oddly muscular, and something about his manner changed, and perhaps not for the better. Solomon Byron arrives by Jeep, uh, driven by Dr. Tantara Bismarck. 
And uh, you all reconvene, eager to share your news, eager to compare notes and see what can be learned, what can be gleaned. Rowan was uh, toting a large earthware jug with him, like Auron in Final Fantasy X, and is about to launch into what looks like one hell of a story when, Fiona, your left arm catches fire. Not literally, but it feels as though someone has stuck your left arm into uh, an oven. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Hold up. Sorry. Fiona, your left arm is a... It is a tube of pain. Hey, guys. I'm gonna brain check real quick. I, uh... I need to have my arm amputated. (laughs) Uh, It hurts, and it needs to come off right now. Mr. Mr. Dr. Bismarck approaches... And uh, and pushes up the sleeve of your, I'm going to assume, hyper cardigan. <laughs> sure. Uh, Sounds awesome. The, the brand of the We Free Men on your arm is almost glowing with heat and pain. And huh. as this happens, uh, Solomon, over her head in the distance, you see smoke begin to rise. Does, is it, like, does it smell like coffee? It smells so good, my guy. All right, so uh, I just point at the, the plumes of smoke and I say, uh, so to the magic bean, I guess. Told you so. Damn it! Uh, you Casey, all pile. What's up? I have the brand, too. You do. Uh, you have a little one on your tummy. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, you are actually struck with uh, horrible stomach cramps, like you've just crammed a bunch of uh, of, of Peruvian ghost peppers in there. It's real bad. Ow. Yeah, you all pile into... Well, hey, that's news for you, isn't it? Because Rowan didn't know he had that. I did know. Well, No, Rowan didn't. You did. I knew something was itchy on my tummy. You did. I mean, I event... assume that at some point he must have taken a shower or... Looked in the mirror. Yeah, but if it wasn't, right? but if it wasn't irritated when he was looking at it. Also, I assume if his beard is that mis- magnificent, he must have just a forest of tummy fuzz. Sure. Yeah. That's in any event, you all pile into um, the Bismarck Mobile and uh, book it yonder to Magic Beans, the cloud of smoke growing ever denser, ever larger, and ever more delicious. You arrive to find a coffee shop in flames. You owe me money. You owe me... Shut the hell up! Fire pouring from every windle, uh, charred and smoking already, and crammed into the sidewalk just in front of the building's entrance is a figure. It is a scarecrow in its left hand what would appear to be the skull of a wolf in its right hand, a spear, and the scarecrow is grinning. That's what the fuck? Two small shapes zoom out. Bicker is uh, overcome with the tiniest little coughing fit, you guys. Oh. <laughs> Cannot get a grip on himself. Uh, 
Cornflower, for her part, her adorable lavender hair is singed. Her wings are smoke-stained. Her face is smudged, though two clear tracks made by tears cut through. No! Dylan, you <laughs> have your fingers up! Are they stuck? Dylan, are your fingers stuck? No, they're fine. Okay. He just um, hates cornflower, apparently. Cornflower zooms up to your face and begins just wailing on your cheek with her little tiny fistules. And she says, Where were you? You were supposed to protect us. You were supposed to keep him away. You weren't supposed to let him take us like all the rest. That's why we left. And now they're gone. Dame Cypress and Hopscotch and Sebastian and Tartuffe and Plum Hannah and Thistledown and Thorndale, they're gone. The Wee Free Men are gone and you didn't stop him. How was I supposed to know he was doing this? I got here as fast as I can when my arm just caught on fire. We told you the Big Fae were after us. Yeah, and I put as many words as I could on this damn place. Who is this guy? The Lord of Mist, Oberon! He's about to be Lord of getting his ass kicked. And much as I was hoping for the dramatic cut, that's actually much more in keeping. So we'll see what <laughs> happens next time on Symbiote Magic, Inc. Let's go ice Dylan's poor fingers. Yeah, you need, you need Bye, a break, everybody. buddy. That was, that was good work. <laughs> Oh, yeah, find us on Twitter. <laughs> find That's us on enough. Twitter and Facebook and the Tumble Space and Friendster and by Telegraph. And you can carve a clay tablet and it'll be found in thousands of years. And then they'll know you listen to us. And they'll, <laughs> they'll Thanks, everybody. Bye. Be interesting. Bye.